Welcome to Focus Schools podcast, Leading for Impact. My name is Brett Bishop, and I've been working with Focus Schools for some time now and really enjoy that work. And I'm here today with my good friend and colleague, Kathy Crum. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Happy to be with you here today in this podcast. And this is part of our Focus in a Flash series, where we try to provide those who are doing the important work with kids out there an opportunity to have a short and an easy-to-consume opportunity to learn a little bit about the work that we're doing. And today, Kathy, I'd like to get us to talk uh, about this really important part of our focus framework, and that's focus framework one and, and having uh, an instructional focus in school. So I wondered if you might just start by helping us to understand uh, what does an instructional focus mean to focus schools? Yeah, I'd love to do that. I have worked in a school that um, had a, has an instructional focus, and it really changed the way we, we do our work. From the focus school's um, big picture standpoint, just to explain what an instructional focus is, the one specific academic area of the curriculum that the staff has chosen as the most important for students to know and be able to do to be successful in their academic work. And the instructional focus is based on every student's learning needs as evidenced by multiple sources of data that have been disaggregated by the various groups, so completely data-driven. The instructional focus touches every professional, every classroom, every day. I love that. And the principal and the staff hold each other mutually accountable. There's an expectation that every single student shows growth in areas of the instructional focus no excuses for anything. The instructional focus is what we're um, what we're all about. Those are the core ideas around an instructional focus and the development of one. In my own experience, my example comes from my years as a principal in a district who partnered with Focus Schools. And in my school, we did look at multiple sources of data, and it was clear that um, literacy should be our instructional focus and, more specifically, comprehension. It became clear that if our students should show growth in reading comprehension, that it would positively impact all of the other areas. And making that decision was was really a first key step in our road to um, improvement. There's so many um, sort of fertile things to unpack in what you just said. And uh, that's, to me, such an important part of the work that we do and really helps both your school and my school and our trying to request to improve. But I wonder when you talk about that, um, one of the things you hear a lot in schools, especially those schools who are getting a lot of support due to, you know, um, poor learning results from the government, they get lots of money. And then people in those schools just say, oh, enough already with another initiative. You know, we got 50 million things and there's just not enough time in the day. And I, and I get that. I understand when they say that. But can you give us a little insight on how having an instructional focus might help with that sort of initiative fatigue that they experience? Yes, yes. We completely experienced that. Our school was one of the original schools on the original list, you know, after No Child Left Behind, which was not, not where you wanted to be. So in, a, in my school, there were many, many areas that needed improvement, and it really did feel overwhelming. And of course, there were many people wanting to help us with all of our needs. Um, but really, once we were able to see that the comprehension issue was impacting all the other areas, then we were kind of able as the school to take charge of what we said yes to. And as a team, we knew that if there was some new initiative or something that people were offering us who is not going to help our students with comprehension, then we could set it aside forever or for just a later time. And this was just really super empowering to us. And um, on the flip side, it um, not only did it help us to not feel like we had to take on everything, but it helped us for the things that we did take on to feel 
much more committed, you know, because we knew that this was helping us and our students in our area focus. One of the things you said that is so important to my history with this kind of work is the empowerment that the school starts to feel. Because you and I both led schools that it feels like things are being done to you, not by you. <laughs> this is sort of a reversal of that because this is a thing that you create and you get to own. And as you said, you, you get to start to choose. And I, I never even thought as a principal that I had the option to say no to something. Right. So I just right. said yes to everything. It's like, oh, right. well, you know, math program, we're bad at math. We need that. Oh, right. reading, we're bad at that. We need that. <laughs> and pretty soon I got this big pile of boxes and, uh, you know, everybody's like, help. You know, so, yeah, so I think it's that empowering thing is so important, but maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, you know, what that in your experience has meant for helping teachers. So in my experience, um, actually having the instructional focus did help us to have a common language and it helped, helped us to have some common goals for instruction. And it also helped my teachers to see how best practices to improve the comprehension, they kind of could be adapted and used at all grade levels. And I remember one example, um, I had a, a rock star master teacher who um, did all these instructional practices and was our coach and so modeled them for us. And um, one of the things that she really, um, really believed in was the um, interactive read aloud. That was a concept or a best practice that in my school anyway, the teachers sort of thought about it as just a primary grade kind of thing to do. But once we had an instructional focus, it just kind of opened our teachers' minds to, oh, wow, if something works at one grade level at the lower grade levels, then how could it be adapted to, um, to the upper grade levels? So really what it did was kind of like cleared some space in our head to think about, oh, wow, that's a practice that's working really well at that level. How can I adapt it to my level? And so it just really helped with our sharing and just focusing on the one area, just like anything else. It just, it just sort of took all the mess out of our head and helped us to really collaborate around best practices that work to improve comprehension. Yeah. And that was something that I remember my coach saying to me that I, I, I honestly didn't, I thought he was crazy. I, I, I said, he's, He's losing his mind because he's telling me, you know, yes, you have all those problems that you're saying, but I don't want you to try to address all those problems. I want you to try and lead the school to just get narrow about this one thing. And trust me, all things will get better. And I thought, okay, he's crazy. That's not going to happen. But turned out he was right. And um, it was such a gift to be able to say, oh, no, you don't, don't have to try and do 8 million things. One thing I was sure is we were bad at that. Yeah, we were bad at doing everything. So that was really helpful. And then, yes. So, so maybe talk a little bit about what this means. You're talking about common language and it just made me think about, you know, what about the kids and the families and the impact that it has on them. So talk a little bit about that for us. Going actually back to what you were just saying about um, focusing on one thing, our experience was we did get really nervous about, oh my gosh, what if I picked the wrong focus? And what happened is um, in our first year, our focus was literacy and comprehension, but our math scores rose just as fast as our reading scores. It was very, very interesting. But yes, it is super helpful for families. And I, I guess I can think of three, three big areas for families and students and how it helps. And that is clarity, the common language, well, really four, clarity, common language, connection, and celebration. It helps with all those things. It helps them, the students and families, um, really to understand what is important in our school and to come together around that one thing. I mean, for example, if you think about it, a student might start learning at a pretty early age about close reading and how it can help with reading comprehension. And they learn that as a best practice. Well, if you think about it, if that is a practice that um, is used at your school 
across all grade levels, then as they matriculate up through the grades, they can understand it better and understand how to do it better and own it as their own. And when the younger siblings start to do it, then they can help the younger siblings with it. And then parents begin to get the same message over and over again. And it helps them to feel confidence in helping their own students. And really, it just brings a sense of unity and belonging, like to all of us, knowing that, you know, this is what we're all about at this school. And then also when schools communicate their data and how their achievement is is improving in the areas, it's just a cause for a common celebration because that's what we've all been working on and we're doing well. And just that act, like I said, provides clarity and brings us together as more of like a family unit. And that's so interesting to me, that concept that you're talking about. I I mean, I I don't, I've never considered myself a negative person. I think of myself as a positive person, but um, as a leader, I, I did not see celebration as part of my responsibility. I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that taught me was watching high performing teachers because they celebrate all the time. Mm-hmm. And I had a really wise principal say to me, you know, go in a really high performing teacher's classroom, just sit there for a couple hours one morning and tell your secretary you're unavailable and just watch what they do. You know, watch what you see them do and try to make your school be more like that. And one of the things I learned in there was celebrate. And boy, it really helped. And I wondered if you might talk a little bit about that idea of what this idea of coming to instructional focus does for principals. Yeah. Wow. It really, really helped me. When my school had a focus, it was just so much easier for me to just know what is important to keep my eye on the ball. You know, it helped me to have clearer and more targeted communication. I communicated regularly with my staff and, and with my families. So I was not all over the place in that communication. It was very targeted. And then also, you know, with the onslaught of so much data coming at you all the time, it really helped me to know and helped us to know, okay, which data is most important to us to work on, communicate, and celebrate. And then, you know, it just helps us build support around the work. So when partners come at you and say, we'd like to help your school with X, Y, or Z, we say, you know what, we're all about reading comprehension. So this is how you could help us. So it really helped me to just be able to be clear with the district and with community partners. And, you know, as a principal, you know, sometimes, not sometimes, most times your brain is like this giant maze of all these little things that seem like big things. Really having a focus just um, helps you as a principal to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's uh, to me, that, that is so vital because I, I think as when I experienced the work myself and then helping principals to the last 10 years, one of the things that's so hard is there are so many things that you're responsible for. It can just be overwhelming and you can feel like just a, a, a sense of helplessness. And that's one of the things that I just really loved about having an instructional focus was it was like, okay, you know, you, you can, you can have permission to just get really deep on this one thing and trust that all these things are going to get better. It really helped us both. And, um, you know, we think it's a gift that we would love to share with, with others. And for the listeners, I wondered if it might be good to just share before we sign off here today, that we would love for you to go visit our website at www.focusschools.com, where you can also connect with our social media pages, because we, uh, in addition to this podcast, love to connect with you in lots of ways and would love to help your school, just like Focus Schools helped ours. So thanks, Kathy. Great to talk to you. Thank you, Brett. 